Welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. This week, Rebecca is speaking with you from Balling Glen. Did I get that right? Yes. (laughs) From Balling Glen Arts Foundation in County Mayo, Ireland a place she returns to every year for teaching and for her own time to paint. She's going to share some of the ideas that were the focus of her advanced cold wax workshop that just ended there, as well as how these ideas can relate to personal voice in your own work. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. And I am and speaking I, and I think to- we should start we should start by by pointing out that we've had some technical difficulties that yes, we yes we have <laughs> uh, uh, we're we're recording right now we're we're communicating with FaceTime um, and then we're recording uh, using our audio recorders at both of our locations but uh, on the last uh, on the last time we tried to record this FaceTime kept on crashing and then uh, turned out that the podcast hadn't recorded at all. So uh, hopefully we can we can come up with something, um, but uh, the last the last run of this was pretty rough. So hopefully this <laughs> podcast turns out pretty well. Yes, and the weather is very rough here. It's pouring rain outside the window, so you may get right. some some atmospheric background of um, right. Ballycastle, Ireland. <laughs> On my end, I have traffic going behind me and <laughs> big trucks, and everybody's out on their Harley motorcycles right now because it's a nice day. Uh, yes. Uh, so there's 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 a bit of contrast there. Uh, there is, and that's contrast. one of our topics. <laughs> yeah, which is what we're talking about today. So it's it's great. Good segue. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna embrace it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, please bear with us if we have any weird issues during this podcast. Uh, but, but you know what they say, the show must go on. So we're very dedicated to doing this. Yeah, and we want to at least put something out for there for, for our dedicated listeners. Um, yes, and have, actually, I, I want to say our listenership has been going up dramatically and it's wonderful. And thank you everyone for tuning in. Yeah. And- in the in the month of uh, March alone, I believe we had over ten thousand downloads. Yes, we did. Um, so it's yeah. it's really starting to take off, and and that's really um, it's thanks to those of you who have been sharing the show with people who you know will enjoy it. Um, yes. So please go out there and share the show. Um, you know, I you all know somebody who who could benefit from this podcast who isn't listening. So make sure that you introduce a few people to the podcast. Yes, good idea. And I did that this week in, uh, in my workshop too. And there were people that, you know, had never heard of it or had no idea I did a podcast. So, you know, getting the word out there. But, um, anyway, I am here in Ireland. It's my, my seventh time here at Bowen Glen. And it's the second or third time. I'm not sure that I've taught more advanced students. Um, and in my case, that means people that have worked with cold wax before, either extensively on their own or as a part of an, uh, another workshop. And I'm going to talk about the content of the workshop, but I, I think I want it to be in a broader context. So it's not just about advanced painting with cold wax medium, but it's about some more advanced ideas that I think could be more universally applied and, and useful for other painters. And, um, but it was a, a very good workshop. It was a week long and we really pack it in, you know, there's, um, we took a couple of little day trips. So one was quite long and one was shorter out to see the dramatic coastline here, which is incredible. Um, and, um, there was all kinds of other things going on. Lots of independent work time, some demos, um, 
presentations, discussions, meetings, you know, it was just uh, very packed. And it's interesting to me that uh, as I've worked with both kinds of students, like very introductory students and more advanced students, I've come to realize that the intro classes are about learning technique. And I don't do as much with structured kind of more conceptual exercises. And the advanced students, um, actually, I do more, um, it's more structured, it's more programmed. And I think that people benefit from that when they're at a point of wanting to bring more depth to their work, which is the situation. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about is, is bringing more depth or meaning into your paintings, if you're a painter or other art forms. And I'm going to try to describe it. It's, it's a little hard, um, you know, just to say these things rather than actually show images or, or actually do them. But it is kind of conceptual stuff. So maybe I can convey it pretty well. And we were kind of joking about change or contrast. I'm sorry, being the segue because <laughs> contrast was one of the themes of the workshop. How to bring types of contrast into your work. And that would include both visual contrast or things working with the visual elements and bringing contrast in through those elements, which are um, in a simplified way, I suppose, color, value, line, shape, and texture. And also the, the aspects of composition and design elements. And then also contrast in terms of what is the work about? What's the meaning? What's the content? And that I approached by talking about dualities. And I know we've mentioned dualities on this um, podcast in the past because it's been kind of a theme of mine. And basically they are sort of two sides of the same idea. So um, not exactly opposites, but, but connected as well. Or not only opposites, but also connected. And these might include things like order and chaos, um, without order, you can't have chaos. Without chaos, you can't really have order. And um, so that was um, the idea of contrast in terms of ideas that we what we worked with. And that's why I say it's not just strictly about cold wax medium. And the first uh, day, after some demos and things that I did, just to bring people up to speed with techniques... Uh, we worked with a bunch of studies, small studies works on paper that had to do with contrast of form. In other words, the, the visual elements, the composition, and form being the describable aspects of a work of art. So things that you and I could all agree on. There's lots of blue in this. There's lots of lines in this. It's a certain scale and so on. So not, no imagery, no other meaning to it, just experimenting with how to create contrast with those aspects of form, the visual elements and things. And that went, you know, that was a lot of work. It took up all afternoon and I think generated a lot of images and a lot of ideas. And so that kind of launched the week. And then we went on the next day to talk about the idea of dualities and I did some presentations about that, but um, I ask everybody to come up with something that would be a duality that they were interested in. And so this might be something that they hadn't 
they may have actually been working with for a while, but hadn't quite defined for themselves. And other times, you know, they really had to think, well, you know, what, what interests me? And came up with some great ideas. And um, one person worked with growth and decay, which she was observing in the landscape around here in the, in the um, hedgerows that are just coming to life now with um, leaves and, and it's, beautiful springtime here, but also awareness of the decaying landscape and the the ancient aspects of the landscape that have been here a long time. Uh, someone else was working with light and dark or light and shadow, uh, more of a visual thing, but you know, a lot of these also have conceptual aspects to them. Um, someone else was interested in the organic part of the landscape, the actual nature part of the landscape, and then the things that humans have built, and some of which were quite ancient, actually. She was interested in the standing stones. And another person was dealing with an emotional topic of of anxiety um, and worry, and also with the release of that, the feeling of um, joy or uh, releasing the anxiety. And so... There's a range then of conceptual ideas, emotional ideas, and sometimes things that were somewhat symbolic and could have other layers of meaning. And so the next set of little studies they did were about those. And they were using the visual elements that um, they had chosen to work with. And I asked them to narrow it down to just a few um, because that provides a focus and is also a kind of a characteristic of abstraction that you don't need a lot of different visual elements uh, in your work to make it strong. So they chose several, worked with those, and but brought in the idea of trying to bring in more content or idea like, well, what sort of line might express anxiety or what sort of color might indicate um, light and shadow, like different values of colors. And so they worked with those little studies again, produced quite a few of them, and then we spent a little time sort of, you know, looking, evaluating, picking, pulling some out that just worked better, just had more structure or had better um, compositions and things. And then from those, I asked them to work out a series of three paintings and to pull ideas from those. They didn't have to replicate those. In fact, that wouldn't have been a good idea, but just to use them for springboards and to do this series of three larger paintings. And that that took a few days. And they also had time to just work on other things after that. So in the end, though, I think there was really a, a good coming together of this idea of contrast, and that it was also supported by this integration of form and content. So in other words, the form being the first exercise, the content being the second and how do they work together? How how does the form express the content? How what does the content require um, in terms of the form, the visual elements, and so on? So you know, when I talk about it, it's kind of layered, it's kind of complex. But in practice, with lots of feedback and interaction, it was really a very interesting progression um, through the week. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds uh, that sounds really interesting. Um, so how, how can contrast help people in a, in a, in a practical sense in terms of, uh, developing and then marketing and selling their work? Mm, yeah, good question. Cause I think it can do both. Um, it, 
it definitely strengthens the content of your work. And sometimes people will say, well, you know, they'll say what they're interested in expressing. And there's no, there's no contrast involved in that. They'll say, well, sometimes people say things like, well, I really like the texture of rock or, um, I, I want my paintings to be very, very quiet or something. And, and I get that. Um, but when you think about lots of other types of art forms, contrast is a very central part of what makes them work. So if you think about a novel or you think about a symphony or a, or a film, there's an arc to it. I mean, there's a, um, there are changes that occur and there are central conflicts that occur and changes in mood and, and all kinds of things that happen to keep our interest, to keep, keep the thing moving along and has some depth to it. And so that basic idea of other art forms that, you know, there's, there's movement, there's energy, there's, there's something being worked out can also apply to visual art in a good way. And so I'll talk a little bit more in a bit about how to, become more open to that if it's not part of your work, but you think it could add something to it. Um, the other thing you just brought up was in terms of marketing your work. And it occurred to me really during the class, as I was talking to one of the students, that when work is, is sort of, when your work is sort of easily described in a, um, a simple sentence that presents an interesting idea such as um, I, I'm dealing with chaos and order in my work, it does provide whoever's listening with a way in right away. And they can, they can enter that, your idea, with some ideas of their own and engage with it. If you simply said my work is about chaos instead of chaos and order, or order with no chaos, it's more of a one-dimensional idea and like where do you go with that right so anytime there's an intersection of idea of ideas it sparks interest because somebody's trying to work that out a little bit when they hear this and so that engagement that you can provide by saying that or having that in your work is of interest to your viewers and to people who are interested in buying your work and in presenting your work in an exhibit or to a gallery or a curator, there's something more to, to grasp onto. And I think this is especially true when work is very quiet or subtle and that it can be easily overlooked, right? I mean, I, I, my own work was like this for a long time. It was, it was very subtle and meditative and, and lovely. And I, I was really happy with it. And for a long time, and I still like those paintings, but I can see that they were harder, um, for people to have anything to grab onto with them. They were a mood, but there was not much more than that. And so, so it gives your work more depth and character, and it also, uh, gives you a, a language to, uh, allow other people to interpret your work. Yes. And so even if you think, um, you don't, even if the idea of bringing contrast to something like a very quiet or meditative painting seems wrong to you, I think it's worth entertaining. Uh, how could you bring this into the work? Um, 
I mean, how could you make some ordered chaos or some chaotic order, you know, bringing some aspect of the duality into the work does add some depth. And sometimes it, I mean, I could see it not necessarily all in the same painting. It could be uh, a different series, maybe, that explored this other duality, other side of the duality. It could be maybe a diptych where uh, diptych would be a great format for exploring duality, where you have uh, two different contrasting panels, but they're also related. It's it, That's a great example of form and content when working with dualities. And it could be all in the same painting. If, and I think if it's a if it's a new idea to you and you feel a little resistant to bringing in contrast to your work um, in terms of content, then, yeah, just sort of contemplate that a little bit. See if there's a way in that works for you. And I do think it's it's very helpful in terms of how people see your work, respond to your work, and how you can talk about your work. And personally, I noticed a change when my work became 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 to include aspects of contrast much more strongly. And I have to say the the response became much stronger and people engaged with it more. Um, I made more sales. And that's not why I didn't do it because of sales, but I can look back and see, oh, right away people were responding to it more than they had in the past. And it felt good to me too. It felt like I had more to say. I mean, sales are not like a, a be all and end all, um, but they, they do give us feedback in terms of what people are responding to. Um, and I, I think that art is kind of a, a two way communication. Um, and, uh, having a response from your audience is important and, uh, sales while not necessarily, you know, the prime motivator, they are an indication of how people are responding to your artwork. And I think that they are important, you know, especially if you're a, uh, if you're wanting to do art as a career, then sales become very important because you need to be able to support yourself unless you're just independently wealthy. Right. And I, I think there is such a, um, there is a strong sense of when someone receives your work well enough to, to buy it, it, it is, it's really, it really, um, is a strong feedback of I've, I've reached out and somehow communicated with this person. And I think if your work has content, you know that even more than if it's just pretty or looks nice. You know, if you know that your work has strong content and somebody's responding to it, then you're reaching them on that level. And it's, it's a deeper level. And I think a lot of art appreciators look for that and love that when they, when they're touched and they're moved by something or they're made to think or they're engaged with it in those ways. So adding that contrast of form or content and and that bit of depth i think you're you're mining a little bit deeper with how what people are getting from your work responding to your work being able to understand your work and so it's all good and and i i wanted to tie it in with with the idea of personal voice as well and we we did a podcast early on and i looked it up it was number 20 about 
personal voice. And if if you're sort of unsure of what I'm talking about here, you might want to re-listen to that one. The basic idea was that, though, that personal voice is something that it's it's a very solid part of who you are. And it take, may take a while to figure out what that is in your work and to access it. But once you do, it's it's quite authentic. You know, it's something that you feel in in alignment with in your work and you feel very connected to your work in many ways when you have developed your personal voice to a point where you're really speaking with it. You really feel confident about it. And I guess the common idea would be that this is something that doesn't change very much. And in a way that's true. The basic personal voice doesn't really change no matter what you're saying with it. Um, and if you think of our own voices and how we can sing and we can whisper and we can shout, it's always our voice. And I like that analogy because it does allow for change. And, you know, these things we've been talking about, if they're not in your work, we're suggesting change. And change has been a theme, right, for the last several podcasts, um, both in an artistic sense and in a practical sense of how to deal with it. And it's kind of wrapping up some of those ideas, I think, because there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a duality here, I think. Are you, the, the duality of consistency, but also being open to change. And I, I just find there are so many things about art that are, are like this, and it's some kind of balancing act, and it's hard to explain, uh, sort of know it when you're on it, you know. <laughs> but, we're, we are complex people and we do incorporate, um, opposites in our own personality, right? And so I think being okay with having some of that in your work does reflect who you are. And it doesn't mean that your work is all over the place and you lose sight of consistency or identifiable features of your work, but a flexibility. Uh, of being open to this sort of change or bringing in something to your work that, that may make it stronger. Uh, if you, if you don't allow that, you know, I think you get kind of backed into a corner and say, this is what I do. You know, I do this one thing. And that's kind of, can be kind of a dead end. And then when you change, it may be something so dramatic and drastic just to break out of that, that it may not seem like your work. So this kind of organic change, I think, is is really good. And yeah, you're able to by by changing uh, over time gradually uh, and kind of going with that flow, you're able to build up uh, a set, uh, capital with uh, with your audience and bring people to a a new form of art that you're producing that otherwise might not follow you there. Um, you know, it's, you're able, you're able to build an audience over time across a, a bar, a broader spectrum than you might, if you just suddenly change, uh, and go in a completely new direction. So I think, I think it's very important to, to recognize the change in your work. And, um, you know, as, as we're talking about duality and, um, this being a, a part of who we are as, as human beings, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's naturally going to be a part of our artwork. Um, you know, at the end of the day, art is describing the human condition. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's something that we need to recognize within ourselves that yeah. we are not perfectly consistent, you know, automatons. And, and that if we were, it would be very difficult for us to create quality artwork. Right. Well, I think that's well said. I mean, allowing anything into your work that, that deepens it and broadens it is is all good uh and you know we don't always we can always plan this i mean it's it's intuitive to a large extent just letting this stuff through and i thought it was interesting when i when i was working with dualities with the workshop students there were a couple of people who sort of recognized that their work had incorporated some sort of conceptual duality all along and they hadn't quite um, you know, shown a light on it in their own approach. They hadn't quite recognized it. But as soon as I brought it up and we started discussing it, it came out. And so I think probably a lot of people listening actually have this sort of thought process going on, but maybe are limiting themselves to one side of that duality rather than opening up to the, to the whole and that holistic approach can strengthen um, your work a lot. And and it can be a little scary, I think, because if, say, we consider our work to be very quiet and meditative, and that's a comfortable place to be, and it feels good, and it looks nice, and people like that, and yet, um, you know, who who is in that state of mind all the time? You know, recognizing that we are attracted to those states of mind because we also experience the opposite. <laughs> we We also experience... The chaos and and upsetness in our lives, and um, there's a transformation then that can happen into a into a higher level state of mind, and that transformation can be indicated in your work in some way. That maybe there's underlying layers that are darker or more chaotic, and then you bring them to a higher level of of calmness. But it's all in there. It's all part of it, and. Anyway, I I think that's um, something that you may not have thought about in your work. And I know from talking to lots of students over time where people will often present a single idea and say, this is what I'm interested in. And it's sort of like, well, what do you, where do you go with that? You know, and if you if you bring in more ideas, it becomes a more open ended path that you can be on. Well, when we talk about any of these kind of elements of art, um, they're, they're ways of describing what is in art. And if what you're creating is quality artwork, then there will at least be some element of these ideas already existing in your art. And it, it can be useful for us to um, both to be able to develop our art and make it better and to be able to describe our art to other people to have an understanding of what these elements are. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily something that you need to shoehorn into your artwork. It, it's probably there already um, exactly. to, to some extent. And it's just kind of bringing it out a little bit more, um, you know, recognizing it for what it is and using it to describe it to other people. Yeah. And in fact, when, when we were talking about personal voice in that earlier podcast, near the end of it, I said something, you know, it's kind of like what you just said, it's already in you. <laughs> you don't have to go looking for it all that hard. Um, 
and it's not something that you need to impose on your work from an outside place. It's just um, more like opening the door to it and understanding its place and that it can have a place in your work. And so I don't know, um, you know, how much more there is to say about all that. I think, I think when you, once you step into it, you'll see, you can see a certain transformation happening in your work. And I could see it very clearly in a few of the students this past week. Uh, and their work became more sort of, uh, had more structure somehow, had more, both structure and energy, which are another, they're also sort of a duality, but two aspects of work that really strengthen it, some kind of structure and some kind of looser, more energetic aspect to the work coming from somewhere. And so it was, it was, uh, rewarding to see things kind of falling into place that had been probably floating around in people's minds, but they didn't know quite where to put them. <laughs> so it's only a start. And wherever you start with this, it's, it's, it will take a while to work it out and trying different, um, aspects of a duality. I mean, some dualities are very closely related, say strength and fragility and solidity and, um, fluidity. They're, they're very closely related. So, you know, you can, you can explore along that continuum and have work that's closely related as well. Well, were those kind of your, uh, your final thoughts or? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think we've, well, I'm, we've been I'm lucky with our glad. technology. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually kind of glad that, uh, the first one failed on us. Like that, that we had so many technical difficulties in the first recording. I think that this one turned out a lot better. It was a, a lot smoother. Uh, yes. We didn't lose FaceTime or anything, so right. It was um, distracting when it kept flickering in and out. So right, right. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I think that this kind of goes back to trusting the process and everything happening for a reason. You yes, know? <laughs> right. We have to trust the process of our our podcast, I guess. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Messy Studio. You can find the Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com as well as www.rebeccacroll.com and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space. Messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>